Hey everybody, good evening, welcome to Around the Diamond. I am Adam Hernandez, with me is Tip. Tip, what's going on? How are you, Adam? What's going on in your world? Uh, everything's, uh, everything's fine, how about you? Everything good? Just busy, 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 busy. <laughs> yep, hopefully we're going to be getting, uh, we're going to be getting Tony here up soon, um, so hopefully... Is, uh, as soon as we can get him on, we're going to go ahead and patch him through. Other than that, um, we'll go ahead and jump right into it, Tip. Tip, we've got a uh, we've got quite a two wildcard races on our hands right now, both in the uh, one in the American League and one in the National League. Uh, over in the American League, let me go ahead and bring up the and bring up the uh, standings right now in terms of the wild card. Uh, right now, Boston has a Boston has a one-game lead on Tampa Bay. Boston is losers three of their last, or three and three and seven in their last ten. Tampa Bay is five and five. Um, the LA Angels can be eliminated tonight uh, if they lose to the Texas Rangers. Uh, Boston has been, you know, absolutely dreadful um, during the month of September so far. Uh, this is, you know, we talked about it before, uh, that this could be one of those epic collapses that we've seen, uh, that we've seen, you know, a few years ago at the New York Mets, um, the Detroit Tigers, Boston could fall victim to that, to that same fate, um, considering they had, I believe what was a, I believe it was a double digit lead in the beginning of the month and they just, they just kind of fallen on hard times right now. You know, they're dealing with some injuries, especially within their pitching rotation. Um, Josh Beckett is, um, you know, he was dealing with a sprained ankle. He's pitching tonight, I believe, against the Orioles. And uh, other than that, you know, Dice K has been gone. John Lackey's been dealing with, you know, with a ton of personal issues right now. Uh, Tw- Tim Wakefield is, you know, he is, you know, well, well past his prime. Uh Clay Buchholz is he's been out. It's just a mess right now in Boston. Uh, and tip, like I said, this is something that we talked about last week on um, on a on the majors live, and really nothing has changed um, right now. Tampa Bay is still one game back. I believe they trail the Yankees right now two to nothing um, down in Tampa Bay. Uh, Boston right now is tied with the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, tip, what are your, some of your thoughts though on? Um, on this AL wild card race that we've seen that we see brewing right now, I think uh, as epic as Boston's month has been failure-wise, uh, I think they saved their season last night by winning that second game of the doubleheader against the Yankees, and I think uh, I think Tampa Bay kind of blew it. They went five and five the last time. They had a chance to take this thing, and I actually think they they kind of let Boston back in and. Uh, I think now Boston's going to – I think they're going to salvage it. I think they'll make the playoffs. Uh, Tampa Bay has got the Yankees for four or for three now. And the uh, Yankees look like they're not, you know, rolling over for anybody, on, at, you know, at the end of the season. So I think Boston's going to survive this uh, horrible finish, though. Uh, and I think Atlanta is probably going to – survive theirs also uh it's just so hard to overcome these long when you're down eight to ten games with uh 20 left it's so hard to come back from that is is uh great as tampa bay has been i just don't see it i think boston's gonna survive yeah as far as the american league goes uh i i, I agree with you i think um 
you know, that was a huge, huge win for, for Boston yesterday. Um, and like I said, right now, they have the Orioles going tonight. Um, and then Tampa yeah, Bay, like I said, one, two to one Boston right now, two to one Boston right now. So there you go. Uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, Tampa Bay taking on the Yankees and the Yankees have just been looking really, really good. Um, these past few games, Yankees are seven and three in their last 10. Uh, but you know, I, I agree with you. I think, I think Tampa Bay's, uh, window was yesterday and they, and they kind of, they, they really did blow it. You can't go, you can't go five and five you know, down the stretch here and expect to get in when you've been, you know, behind, uh, you know, throughout the entire month of September, you know. No, and it, it's so hard to keep your foot on the gas pedal like that. Uh, it is, and it's... And it's, it, it's almost too much to ask for anybody to, you know, it, it doesn't, that's why it doesn't happen often. You know, it, it's, it's every few years it might happen, but um, it, it's just so hard to overcome that, that big of a deficit. Absolutely, and the thing, and the thing that Tampa Bay has going against them right now is their lineup isn't all that great. I mean, you know, they lost a they lost a ton of players last year, um, and you know, they're. I think you know if if Jim Leland doesn't win Manager of the Year, I think I definitely think Joe Mann deserves it, um, probably over Manny Acta in Cleveland, just because. You know, Tampa Bay is certainly taking it down to the very end here, um, whereas Cleveland kind of, you know, they really flamed out there, you know, the second half of the season. So, you know, Joe Mann continues to show that he is one of the best managers in baseball. Just, you know, just given the way that he's he's gotten his team to play down the stretch here, you know, he's gotten his team to come back, you know, give Boston a run for their money with that AL wild card. And, I mean, they I mean they still have a chance. They they certainly still have a chance. Um Obviously, oh, no, they definitely have a chance. Yeah, obviously, only game back, so. yeah, obviously, if they lose tonight, then you know it's it 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 will really be looking bleak then. But, um, you know they've they've really Joe Mann has done a spectacular job with that team. Uh, you know the the second half of the season here, just you know, like I said, given the amount of players that he's lost this past off season. But what Tampa Bay has going for them right now is they have a really good pitching staff. So. I mean, if they are able to make it into the playoffs via the wild card, then, you know, teams really have to look out because pitching really does get it done in, uh, you know, especially come playoff time. And, you know, you look you look at the other teams that are, you know, making the playoffs, you know, in the American League, whether it be the Yankees, Texas, and Detroit, Tampa Bay certainly has the best pitching rotation out of the other playoff teams already in right now. No, they worry me if they get in the playoffs. Yep, and over in the National League, like you said, uh, very similar situation with Atlanta, game, one game lead over St. Louis. St. Louis was kind of in that same situation where there, there were several games out um, in the beginning of September, and like Tampa Bay, they, cr- they scratched and clawed their way back. Uh, you know, I'm like, you know, Atlanta's lost their last two. St. Louis right now is on a, on a two-game winning streak. They're 7-3 and three in their last ten. Uh, four and six is, um, and Atlanta is in their last ten right now. Uh, I I think actually St. Louis probably has a better chance at getting in than um, than uh, San Francisco or not San Francisco, but uh, but Tampa Bay. Uh, but you know, you know, it's it's that window of opportunities very 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 uh, um, you know shallow right now or, or it's getting it's, it's starting to shut just like tampa bay both of them they're you know atlanta's magic number right now is three same thing with boston uh you know definitely things favor atlanta right now to get in and i think atlanta will probably end up uh 
end up, uh, you know, pulling it out here with, you know, St. Louis just missing it. But, you know, again, like Tampa Bay, St. Louis has a really, really good chance to to make it in. I, I just think Atlanta has, you know, a, a big advantage right now, um, given where well, they are on, on their side of things. Yeah, I, I agree, though. I think if I was going to pick a team to sneak, it, sneak in, it would be St. Louis. Atlanta's got, you know, they got the injury bug, too, and they're a very young team. Um it's a lot of pressure for that team right now. And St. Louis is a veteran team. Like I said last week, Tony La Russa, you know, you don't ever want to bet against this team. So my nod would be, you know, it's still going to be hard for St. Louis to pull it off. But if one of them does, I, I do take St. Louis over Tampa Bay, just like you. So. Well, Tip, given given the current playoff situations right now, um, it seems like we're, you know, we just, we just said that Boston – and Atlanta are probably going to pull it out here. Those are the current wildcard teams. If this was the case, uh, the Yankees would play Detroit in the first round in the ALDS, and Texas would, be, would play Boston. Um, between these two matchups, Texas-Detroit, or Texas-Boston, Yankees-Detroit, um, who do you like? I definitely like Texas over Boston. Um, I, I tell you, the Yankees, the, re, the Yankees are really good. Um, and as much criticism they've taken over their pitching all year, you know, their pitching has been pretty darn good. And Detroit's going to have to get two incredible pitching performances out of their, out of uh, Verlander and Fister, quite frankly, in order to beat the Yankees. So it, it, I have to give the edge to the Yankees. As much as I would love to see the Tigers win, I have to give the edge to the Yankees. If it's, especially if the game, if the, if the, Playoff starts in Yankee Stadium. If somehow, you know, well, it, it would definitely be in Yankee Stadium if we play the Yankees. But um, no, I, I got to give the edge to the Yankees on a short series. Um, I, I'm with you on Texas and Boston. Uh, you know, the playoffs certainly are a different season, but you know, Boston's troubles right now are very, very real with that pitching staff. Uh, and Texas is, you know, they're. They're playing very, very well right now. Ron Washington, again, has that team playing really, really well. Um, so I do like Texas over Boston. And I hate to sound like a homer tip, but um, I really like Detroit over the Yankees. Uh, you know, from top to bottom as far as pitching goes, um, I, I just I, I think Detroit has, you know, as far as the bullpen goes, I know they have, I know they have Mariano Rivera in, in New York, and, you know, that's – and that's – you know, and he's probably the best closer to ever play the game. Um, but, you know, the Tigers, Jose Valverde has been absolutely remarkable this year. Uh, Joaquin Benoit has definitely, definitely, definitely turned uh, turned around his season from what he had in the beginning of the year. Um, you add in some of the other younger pitchers that they have. Phil Coke has really um, come around since being put back into the bullpen. Uh, same thing with uh, Al Albuquerque. He's kind of like the Joel Zumaya of 2006 with this team. Um, he's, yeah, he's looked, awesome. yeah, he's he's looked really really good this year so far as well. He he has had some injury concerns, but I think he's going to be a go once the once the playoffs come around. And then they have that two headed monster as well uh, with Justin Verlander, who is hands down the best pitcher in baseball right now. I know he had a rough night um, the other night against Baltimore, but uh, prior to that, he hammered off 12 straight uh, um, wins 
And that is just, it's absolutely remarkable, too, the way that he's, he's been able to pull that off. Doug Fister has, um, is just now getting the recognition that he deserves, um, you know. Well, he's at, been the best pitcher on the staff. The at, last oh, yeah, time. absolutely. And I think, I think top to bottom pitching-wise, uh, Detroit definitely is better than the New York Yankees. Then you oh, add I, it. I, I, I agree with that. And when I, you know, when I say I give the Yankees the edge, it's a very slight edge. I think it's almost, uh, to me, it's a toss-up. And I think, uh, I, I wish it was a seven-game series, because then I would actually give the Tigers the edge in a seven-game series. But with the short series, opening up in Yankee Stadium, the first two, obviously the Tigers have to split one of the two. You see, you see, Tip, that, I guess that's that's where, you know, I see it differently, too. I see, I see a short series for, you know, favoring Detroit, just because they can go with... Um, with uh, you know Verlander Fister to start things out with, and you know who lo- who knows what Max Scherzer is going to be like that third game. He's certainly been um, the better pitcher at Comerica Park, which is good for Detroit, obviously. Um, and then you know lineup wise as well, uh, you've got Cabrera now leading the batting tie or you know the batting race right now. He, he last I saw he had two more base hits, um, you know, and he tacked on some more RBIs into his. Uh, to his um, batting stats this year, um, you've got him and Victor Martinez, you know, in the middle of that lineup right now. Then you add in uh, Alex Avila, who is, you know, Tigers have, you know, the best pitcher in baseball. Um, Alex Avila is the best, I think, catcher in baseball this year as well. Uh, you know, you add in Johnny Peralta. Johnny Peralta has been very, very um, good for the team this year. Uh and same thing with Delman Young. Delman Young's another one of those um, acquisitions at the at the non or the waiver trade deadline, excuse me, that has worked out very very well for the Tigers. Now again, you know this all has to carry into the playoffs, which I think it will. Um, and you know, like I said, top to bottom, I think I think Detroit in that short series, um, I give the edge to over the Yankees. Uh, but I'm with you on the Texas Boston series, though. Um, over in the National League, though, I mean, if uh, if things work out, we're going to have Philadelphia play Arizona and Milwaukee play Atlanta. Um, Tip, I don't know about you, but I think I think Philadelphia is going all the way to the World Series this year. Um, I think their pitching staff is absolutely remarkable with with Cliff Lee and, and Doc Holliday, and then. Um, between Milwaukee and Atlanta, I you know I really I really 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 like Milwaukee what they've been able to do this season. I think this is their year to probably make some noise, get past that NLDS, and you know to take on Philadelphia in the in the in the championship series. I, I agree. I, a month ago, I would have gone with Atlanta because um, they were just their pitching was so strong, and but they've had so many injuries now. Uh, I I really like Milwaukee too. I like. I actually like Milwaukee's chances against Philadelphia. I think Philly will probably go to the World Series. Mm-hmm. But don't underestimate the Brewers' pitching staff. Very, very good pitching staff. Uh, very potent lineup. Um, obviously, Philadelphia's starters are well-known. But Philadelphia's bullpen is a little suspect. And you got to give the edge to Milwaukee when it comes to that. So. I'm not willing to hand it over. Last year, Philly, you know, everybody handed it to Philly again, and they got beat. So I'm betting if I was had to bet, I would take Philly, but I would not be surprised to see Milwaukee 
uh, going to the World Series. What about uh, Arizona? Um, Kirk Gibson has, you know, he has that team playing remarkable baseball right now. He's certainly going to get the uh, the National League Manager of the, manager of the Year. Um, what do you oh, think they're? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, what do you think uh, their chances are in the in the NLDS here? I think you got to give them a chance. I mean, this is a—they're going to go into that series as big underdogs, and quite frankly, I don't think you're going to have any pressure on them. And who else would you rather have managing you than Kirk Gibson in that type of situation? So, as much as I like Philly, I'm not. For some reason, I'm not. I kind of felt the way about Philly as I did about Boston this year. I just—I'm not totally sold on them. I know they're a great team, great pitching, but. I just wouldn't be surprised if they got upset in the playoffs this year. I don't think Arizona will be the team. Uh, I think the only team that could beat them would be Milwaukee, to be honest with you. But I, I think they'll probably win this series. I, you know, even in Arizona, I'm going either three games or four games in that series. I'm with you. I, th- I think I think out of any team um, in the National League that's going to beat end up beating Philadelphia that you know that's going to be in the playoffs is probably going to be Milwaukee. Um, I just don't see I, Arizona young team. I just don't see them having the experience that Philadelphia has to, you know, really really make a big splash in the playoffs. Um, I've been really really um, kind of disappointed with Atlanta down the stretch here, um, the way they've been playing. So I'm kind of I'm well, kind of their injuries really were they they, they lost three quarters of their pitching staff. Yeah, I, and I and I don't want to write them off totally, you know, in the playoffs anything can happen, but I'm just I'm with you though with Milwaukee, you know, being the team to, you know, potentially upset Philadelphia. Whereas in um whereas in the American League, I really wouldn't be surprised what happens with any of those series. I mean, you know, if if the Yankees end up, you know, playing Detroit and beating them, I wouldn't be surprised by that one bit. Same thing with, you know, if Texas ends up playing Boston. Um, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if Boston ends up beating Texas. It's no, I wouldn't either. And the thing about Boston is that if they somehow get into the playoffs, all the pressure's off them. They're, they're going to relax. Oh, sure. And that's a very dangerous team, as we all know. I mean, they can still beat you twelve to ten, you know, three straight games. And, sure. Uh, so it's it's a great year. I I remember at the beginning of the year we can say this is going to be a really great year for baseball. I think it's a toss up in both leagues. I'm not willing to hand it over to Philly. I'm not. I'm not willing to hand it over to the Yankees at all either. Uh, I think all four teams in both, other than really Arizona, I, I think there's seven teams that could, you know, could easily get in the World Series. Well, it's certainly going to be. It's certainly going to be an exciting week to, uh, you know, to watch how these races play out too. So, um, a couple of other things before we call it a show this week. Um, Manny Ramirez um, intends to seek reinstatement. And return to uh, Major League Baseball. Um, oh, goody! <laughs> uh, as we, you know, this is one of our first topics on this show back in the beginning of the season when uh, he uh, abruptly retired from the game after um, he was uh, tested positive for a banned substance, um, was subject to a hundred-game suspension after uh, after he was um, after he was caught once before with uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. This year, he retired from uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. That was that was you know quite a hit that they took too. Uh, you know the Tampa Bay Rays. You know we were all talking that the Rays are probably going to be done after that. Um, they certainly weren't. They you know they they did a remarkable job getting themselves back into it. Uh, but um, this is a quote from Manny: "If any team wants to sign me, I would play." Ramirez told 
Enrique Rojas. If no one does, I would look to play in Japan or any other place. I was not prepared for retirement. Um, Rob Manfred. Like Manny might need some money. It sounds like it. You know, he's he did have those legal troubles. Um, uh, the past, you know, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, Rod Manfred, MLB's executive VP of labor relations, confirmed. Uh, to ESPN's Jerry Kranznick. Um, oh, looks like we might have Tony coming in. Let me let me try to get him up here. Uh, Tony. Yes. Hey man, what's going on? Not too much. How you guys doing? Uh, we're doing pretty good. Let me um, let me get us all up and going here. Tip, are you there? Yes. All right, we're we're all here now. Um, nice. But we uh we're talking about Manor Ramirez right now, Tony. Uh, he's seeking reinstatement. Um. Basically saying he would play for any team. Any team that wants to sign him, he would play for him, even if, it, even if it's in Japan. Um, Tip, what are your – I know we are kind of talking about this before uh, before um, we went on the air, but what, what are your impressions of Manor Ramirez, and you know, what do you think is going to happen with him? Do you think he's going to be back in Major League Baseball, or is this the one where he's going to have to go and play, you know, like you said, someplace in Japan? I, you know, you know how I feel about Manny Ramirez. I think he's a, he's just a pain in the ass. But to me, it sounds like he's looking for a payday, and there'll, there'll be a team that will take a shot at him. I'm sure in the American League as a DH. Yeah, uh, you know, like I said, he could end up back in Cleveland. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Seattle, you know, is in desperate need of bats. Um, yeah, there's going to be somebody who's going to take a flyer on him. The guy probably can still hit, um, but. You know, you know how I feel about him. I wouldn't want him on my team for one game, let alone an entire season. So, but yeah, I think somebody will, somebody will give him a shot. That's for sure. Tony, uh, the, the question is going to be here: How bad does the team want him? I mean, he's going to be—you have to sign him at the beginning of the season or in the off season so he can start serving that hundred-game suspension. Um, I mean, at that point, he actually becomes pretty much a guaranteed August 1st rental at that point. If you want to sign the guy for a year, you want to sign the guy for two years, you know, it's like Tip said, this guy has a track record for just being a royal pain. And the one thing you certainly don't want to do is you don't want to spoil clubhouse chemistry in the last two months of a season. Now, that, you know, that said, Seattle or Cleveland may want to go ahead, take up that you know that roster space, the cap, the, you know the salary space, to go ahead and take them, and, and go ahead and have them serve his hundred game suspension right off the cuff. But you know, once he comes back, what kind of shape is the guy going to be in? You know, a hundred games off means you you don't play, you do not play organized baseball for a hundred games. You don't play in the minors. You don't. You know, you can work out, but there's a heck of a lot of a difference between being in game shape and just being in shape. We just don't know what this guy's going to do. And playing baseball in the Dominican Republic or wherever he's going to play or wherever he wants to play is going to be a little bit of a risk right now. But, you know, honestly, he probably could do some uh, some teams good when it comes to the when it comes to being a designated hitter. But you got to be able to sign the guy right off the cuff and let him serve his hundred. You know, I think I think that this might be a you know an opportunity for a team to sign him really really cheap, um, because I think that that's that's all that he's going to be offered is a very very you know low end contract. 
Uh, and, you know, given the circumstances, you know, who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe Manny isn't quite the Manny of old, and he maybe, he, you know, he, he takes, he, he makes the most of the second chance in baseball, and, you know, he can be a, he, he can be a, a, you know, kind of a low-risk, high-reward type of sign, um, you know, you know, given, given all the circumstances surrounding him. So, I'm sorry, what was that tip? How old is he? Um, let's see. I had it right in front of me. I don't think he's but but thirty eight or thirty. Yeah, seven or thirty eight. Yeah, what? Yeah, what's? I would say late late thirties. Definitely, he's not. I mean, he's not. You know, he's not like a Jim Tomey or anything like that. But yeah, yeah I thought he was thirty six, thirty seven. Yeah, so. that that's my guess too. So I mean, I you know, I my team's the Tigers. I guys, he's thirty nine. Oh, is he? Wow. Oh, wow. He's born uh, May thirtieth to seventy two. I didn't know he's that old. Oh, I'm sorry. We we're, we're something else we'll get into later in the show. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna. He'll be in. Uh, he'll be in Japan next year. Yeah, he might be. Um, Tip, I know you're a big Yankees fan. Um, right now, uh, Yankees president Randy Levine um, told ESPN New York that he wants General Manager Brian Cashman to continue his current role after the season when Cashman's contract expires. Um, it's the strongest It's the strongest indication yet that one of the game's longest-tenured GMs is going nowhere. Um, Cashman has certainly gotten some criticism, um, you know, in the past as far as, you know, him not being, you know, one of those managers that can, you know, the only way that he could, you know, general manage a team and run a team is, is you know, as long as he has a high, you know, uh, window to spend money uh, or a high ceiling to spend money. Do you think that's the case, case with Cashman? I know, like I said, you're a Yankees fan. You like the Yankees. Do you like Brian Cashman? I do like him, and I, I always get a kick out of that because, you know, of course he has the biggest payroll in baseball because he can. But, you know, like I said, if you look at the Yankees, they've developed a couple nice young pitchers this year. They have a lot of homegrown players on their team. Cashman's done a nice job with trade. He's done a nice job with the farm system. Their farm system isn't depleted. Um, he'll never be able to get rid of the label because of the fact he is the general manager of the Yankees, and he has more money at his disposal than anyone else, except, you know, maybe Boston does the same thing. But, no, there is no problem with Cashman. I, they'd be foolish to let him go. He's done a great job with this. This team is... It's a team. You know, great, they have all the money, but the fact is they win. They weren't going to win this year. Remember at the beginning of the year, guys? There's no way the team, they're going to be third place probably because they didn't have any pitching. Well, who signed Colon? Who signed Garcia? Who got this other young kid who's won 16 games in that uh, rotation? And the Yankees ended up running away with the Eastern Division, which is the toughest division in baseball. So uh, I think right there it tells you that uh, Cashman seems to know what he's doing. Tony, I, I don't have anything to add to that. He's tips uh, spot on there. You know, all the Yankees do is win, and, and that's all they've done for the last fifteen years is win. Ever since uh, Torrey was the manager of the Yankees, uh, starting in '96, uh, Showalter even before that, Brian Cashman has always known what he's doing with the Yankees. He never, he, he always seems like he always gets the right guy at the right time, and that's always been Brian Cashman's mo. He's not going anywhere, and and the Yankees would be stupid right now to let him go. 
Um, you know, I, I I really don't see the Yankees doing anything else but getting Cashman back. I'm not saying that you know it it he's he's worked for them. You know, you know, like you said, Tony, the past 15 years. I uh, you know it was a very you know. Uh, this past off season, it was very. I'm sure a lot of Yankees fans weren't used to this past off season, given that you know a lot of the high priced, you know, high, you know, those big name free agents ended up not signing with the Yankees, whether it be you know Carl Crawford or Cliff Lee. But you know, Tip, you said, I mean, the Yankees, you know, they ended up running away with the AL East. Uh, you know, they've looked very, very good, you know, the second half of the season. And, you know, there's really not a whole lot you can say against Brian Cashman right now. Um, you know, obviously, if the Yankees were in a different position, for instance, if they were in Boston's, um, you know, position right now where they're, you know, they're kind of having a, you know, they're having a bad September, you know, they're on the cuffs of not making the playoffs, then, you know, people might have more of an argument. But, you know, right now it's it's the same thing with the you know that we're seeing with uh with Jim Leland and Dave Dombrowski in Detroit. There's really not a whole lot of arguing arguing you can do considering, you know, the way that they've played down the stretch and the way they've totally run away with those divisions. So uh, tip. Oh, what, what, what happened to all the Leland and Dombrowski haters? I haven't heard any of them in the last month. Oh, they're they're still still they they. They try to nitpick here and there. I've, I've actually heard some, uh, Tony. Yeah, I, I got a question for you guys, and this and this is a really interesting topic um, that you bring up about Brian Cashman. And I want to ask you guys: in the past fifteen years, name three absolute free agent busts that the Yankees have had. Can you guys name three? Um, and how many years did you say? The last fifteen, since Cashman served as the GM. Um, was he around for Kevin Brown? Well, okay, we'll uh, throw that one in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, you've got Pavano uh, and you've got uh, Burnett. Uh, all, both, both of them were boss. I mean, Pavano was injured the whole time. Burnett is, for some reason, just can't seem to pitch for this team. Yeah, uh, I, I think he's a head that. case. I think he's. I think he thought he was going to live in a bubble in New York. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I think the only the free agent busts that Yankees seem to have problems with are basically pitching. Yeah. Uh, and that, but other than that, their the lineup is just is just been fantastic. And oh yeah. The, the trades they the trades they make. I mean, look at the Granderson trade. I'm not. I'm not. It was a great trade for both teams, and I said it when that trade was made. Believe it or not, I would I would make that trade all over again if I was a Tiger. Oh, I, I would I would too. I mean I mean Max Scherzer, he's you know he's he's been up and down this year, but I think he's still going to be a good pitcher for this team down the road. Um, same thing with Austin Jackson, and then Ian Kid Ian Kennedy's been tearing it up in Arizona too. So it worked well for oh, no, it was a, it was a great trade. Yeah, it, it worked oh. well for everybody. Um, moving along though, I. Tony, I don't know if you have, you still have any connections with uh, Southern California. This one kind of surprised me. Uh, the L.A. Dodgers are looking to big make big offseason moves. Um, you know, last you know everything that we've been hearing about the Dodgers up until this point is, you know, how bad their financial situation is right now. Um, you know, given Frank McCourt's you know ugly divorce and you know his problems with Bud Selig and Major League Baseball and you know how they want to you know, how they're looking to take the team away from him. 
Um, where did all this come from, though, as far as the Dodgers making these big offseason moves? Well, the thing is, they haven't really been specific on uh, what kind of offseason moves are they talking about. Are they talking about salary cuts? Are they talking about bringing big bats or big arms in there? Look, I, as soon as you, you told me about this, I went and pulled the salary uh, as far as the top ten salaries that the, that the Dodgers have. Who do you think their number one salary guy was uh, is right now? Clayton Kershaw. Oh, wait, no. 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 Um, no. He's, he's 14. It's what Tib said, Kemp. Kemp. No, he's only fourth. Believe it or not. Um, are they still paying Manny? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, uh, let's see. I'll take one more guess here. It's it's going to be. Ah, uh, man, I don't know. Rookie Corota. Oh man! Wow. Corota is getting eleven million seven hundred sixty-five thousand right now. He right now represents twelve percent of the of the salary that the Dodgers have. Andre Ethier makes nine point five million. Ted Lilly, Ted Lilly makes eight point one million, and then of course Matt Kemp makes seven point one. Chad Billingsley makes six million two hundred seventy-five. You guys were talking about Clayton Kershaw. They're gonna have to pay Kershaw. He's oh, yeah. only making a half a million right now. Yeah, and I I, I wanted to pull that back too because I you know considering how young he is, he's still on that rookie contract, and he might be the best pitcher in the National League. Yeah, oh, absolutely! Yeah, he's I mean, absolutely. He's, he's but def- the thing is, I I really see that the moves that they're going to have to make, they're going to have to make some moves to cost uh, to, to cut salaries to make this thing with the the McCourt divorce, the major league, uh, major league baseball having control of this team. And remember, any moves. Any moves that are made with Major League Baseball having the control of this has to go through the majors. Mm-hmm. Has to go through the Major League offices first. Oh, I thought you said it has uh, to go through us. Never mind. Go yeah, ahead. It, <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to send it through the majors.net. <laughs> yeah, if it goes through us, they're in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to be like, you know what? Oh, heck, no. You guys are going to have to do it on your own. <laughs> and it's, it's, that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting concept there, Tony, as far, you know, as far as what, you know, what type of big moves are they going to have to make. And they're definitely going to have to pay Kershaw when his, you know, when his contract comes around, to, you know, to be renewed. So, um, I think, can I, you know what, not to interrupt you, Adam. But no, I, go ahead. This is my take on it. I think the Dodgers are trying to stay relevant because they are on the verge of becoming irrelevant. And that's a big thing. That's a big fall for the Dodgers. I mean, this is one of the storied franchises in baseball. And they're becoming pretty irrelevant. And they've got to figure out a way to get that back. And I think just talking about it, Kind of keeps their name in there and keeps them relevant. Not to keep repeating myself, but I think that's one of the that's one of the things behind this. Tipping is it, this is right along the kind of on the same lines where the Yankees had been in and out in the in the eighties and the nineties, right? Just try right. they 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 were trying to keep their names relevant, but you know trying to build up a good farm system at the same time. But you know at least the Yankees were able to stay relevant during the, their down periods. Right. I mean, they won. They just never won a division. I mean, they, they always had winning teams, but they just never won. And the Dodgers are, like I said, they're becoming, I don't want to use the word laughing stock, but they're becoming one of the lower echelon teams in baseball. And uh, they got to be very careful. 
I, I I can I can I can see that there. You know, I mean, what was it? Just a couple of years ago, they were one of the more um, the more valuable franchises in Major League Baseball, right. and you know, a few years later, they you know they're where they're at right now, and you know, and 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 some big time trouble financially. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what they're going to have to do. You know, to you know, keep around the players that are worth keeping around, like Clayton Kershaw. Um, interesting story, and this is kind of be the one that we kind of finish the show with tonight. Uh, Leo Nunez, uh, closer for the Florida Marlins. Well, I put Leo Nunez in quotation marks because he's not really Leo Nunez. He's somebody else, and he's not 28 years old. He's actually 29 years old. Uh yeah, <laughs> this is um, this is something that you know we've seen before with uh, with some of the, the Hispanic players coming from the Dominican Republic or uh, you know whether it be Venezuela or you know just, just wherever it's 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 really a kind of a strange situation for the Florida Marlins right now, um, considering uh, he's on the restricted list right now and uh, they are going to have to do some. Quite a bit of paperwork during the off season to get uh, Leo Nunez back in, you know, back on this roster as you know, whoever he is. I don't know. This is like I said, it's an odd situation. It's it's not the first time we've seen this before. I think I remember Miguel Tejada having uh, a similar situation, you know, play out you know for himself, given that he you know maybe wasn't the age he was you know he originally said he was. Uh, but Tony, what do, what do you make out of all of this? Well, and not to correct you, he is actually one year younger than what he said he is. Because the fact is, if he was 29 years old, this wouldn't be an issue because he would have been he would have signed as an 18 year old free agent when okay. the Pirates signed him. He was actually 16 when the Pirates signed him. He's actually he was signed by the Pirates uh, in 2000 as allegedly a 17 year old. 17-year-old free agent. He was actually 16 and a half at the time where he was signed by Pittsburgh. Now, of course, you, the name you haven't brought up yet, his, his given name is Juan Carlos Oviedo. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> he yeah. was actually, the, the interesting part about this is that I, I have been watching and keeping tabs on this pretty close lately. And Bobby Valentine of uh, ESPN uh, Television and uh, the Baseball Tonight program uh, is going to be part of a documentary that's going to be coming out here shortly talking about um, young players in the Dominican Republic and just how poverty-stricken, uh, you know, just basically the Caribbean is. And this, you know, they make it sound like it's, it is an occurrence that happens not as much now, but it happened quite a bit in the in the 80s, the 90s, and 2000. And if uh, if I can throw a name out here, if I'm not mistaken, I think Adrian Beltre was was somebody that was rumored to have been 16 years old back then when he was uh, when he was first coming up when he was first signed with uh, I think it was either the Royals or the Dodgers first signed him, and he was actually a year younger than what he said he was. Uh, I think I heard Adrian Beltre before too, Tony. So. I definitely think you're right, you're, you're right with that. Uh, Tip, what do you make out of all this? You know, they've had issues with ages with uh, the Dominican Republic, 
Republican players and, you know, Venezuela and all that. I mean, all those years ago, I don't know if you remember, Tony, you know, Louis Tiant was rumored to be four or five years older than he was when he was pitching. And uh, I think Tony hit the nail on the head with – you're talking about third-world countries, poverty-stricken, and these these kids just need money, and they need to support their family. And I, I know it's it's bends the rules and all that, but it's one of those situations I think I it doesn't bother me that much. I, you know, you're talking about just really poverty-stricken situations here, and these guys are just trying to find a way to make some money. And uh, it's hard to blame anybody who tries to do that. And you know, this it's not. It's not just Major League Baseball that you know that's had this trouble with, uh, you know, with uh, players, you know, not being or not being the age that they say they are when they first come over. Um, I know, you know, the uh, you know in, in, in basketball and in the NBA, they've had, uh, you know, they've had a uh, you know a similar. Um, I think they have the problem. same problem with soccer too, don't they? Um, yeah, I could, I could, I could imagine that in soccer as well. But I, you know, in, in terms of in terms of basketball too, I'm Bismack Biombo. I remember him, you know, who was just drafted this past, uh, you know, this past NBA draft. Um, there were some question marks and whether or not he was actually, you know, you know, the age that he says he was. And I'm sure it's the same thing with soccer too, um, because you know, in a lot of those Latin American countries, it's the same thing that they see with, uh, you, you know, with the Latin players that you know like a. Leo Nunez, <laughs> right now. Yeah, I, I want. I want to know how he cashes checks if that's not his name. So, well, and here's here's where the problem tip leads me to my next point here, Adam, because the fact is he's been signing it as Leo Nunez, and he's been Juan Carlos Oviedo. He is in an arbitration year, and the Marlins, because of this identity identification issue. The Marlins are uh, having to go back to Major League Baseball right now to, to question whether or not they're legally obligated to offer this guy salary arbitration in 2012. Yeah, you know, there, uh, there's nothing wrong with the guy's talent. We all know that he's talent. The the Royals, you know, gave up on the kid. The Marlins have an absolute find. This this guy could be just the future of the Florida Marlins. And to have something like this just absolutely just derail his career would just be tragic. But the fact is that the Marlins have been painted into a legal situation. But you know what? Who do you, who do you blame? Do you blame the Pittsburgh Pirates when they signed them in 2000? Do you blame the Do you blame the Royals when they signed them as a free agent in 2005? Do you blame the Marlins for not doing their own due diligence? You know? Do you blame Leo Nunez? Do you blame the whole? A whole lot. It, it, it's just really hard to pin. It is you know, who who to blame is. It is. I mean, it's you know, if anything, you've got to you got to pin it at the source. And I don't want to pin it on Leo Nunez just because you know he's probably going out. He's trying to make money for his family. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to you know you know get on somebody in that you know when you're dealing with a baseball player trying to get into Major League Baseball who has the talent. You know, to get in, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not going to get on somebody for that. Um, I think it's up to the, you know, the team that brings him in. So, if anything, I, I say it's the Pittsburgh Pirates' fault for, you know, not doing the due diligence and you know doing their homework. 
And it, I mean, this isn't something that, you know, just came around too. I mean, tip you, you were talking about guys, you know, years ago, you know, coming over and, you know, not using their real name, not using their real age to get into the, you know, to get into the majors. So, uh, you know, I think this is, I think this is, uh, you know, you know, the team that brought them in, you know, it's a, and it's going to be Major League Baseball's, you know, problem as well. They got to, you know, they've got to start, you know, you know, schooling these teams better on, you know, doing their homework and, you know, finding out everything they possibly can about these Dominican players and, you know, and these, in these Caribbean born players coming into the league. Um, oh, you know, professional and, sports is a very, can be a very dirty, sure. nasty business. Absolutely. In a, litig- in a litigious society like this, you know, this this has a potential to get very ugly, and it could really create some uh, – it could create some problems if, if it's not controlled. Absolutely. Absolutely. Other than that, though, we are way over right now. Um, but we do have an interesting, interesting show coming up next week. We'll obviously be right in the midst of the uh, of the division series, both in the American League and in the National League. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned for that next Monday, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Majors.net. Make sure you tune in for the Majors Live tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Majors.net. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, like hey, I guys, said, hey, guys, real quick, uh, go tell everybody, uh, go see Moneyball. Very good movie. Yeah. Oh, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> Other than that, Great. though, um, yep, go see Moneyball. Tip recommends it. So um, other than that, so for Tony, Tip, I'm Adam saying have a good rest of the week, everybody. We will see you next time.